0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: All right. Welcome to another week of Kingdom Keys. We are back again, brought to you by Earl Hair Pride. Again, my name is Maurice Elston, one of the contributors here at Earl Hair Pride. And I'm with my brothers, Price Carter and Nate Christensen, another um, other contributors for Earl Hair Pride. And we are back with the Kingdom Keys. What's going on, guys? Y'all ready for another week of football?
2: Absolutely. It's a great week to win the AFC West, baby.
1: Yes. Yeah, no, I am
3: excited for this game. I, I, I wasn't – a few weeks ago, I wasn't excited for this game, but this game did build some intrigue. It does feel like it's kind of like the clincher, and it's always good to, you know, have that AFC West crown and what is it, week 11. Right. So, yeah, no, I'm excited for this game. I wish it was at 325, <laughs> but we'll take it anyways at night.
1: At first, I thought it was going to be more of a – if we lose this game, the, the Chargers can jump over us. When we, when I seen this game on the schedule, but then the Chargers kind of did the Chargers thing. And, <laughs> and so, so we'll take that. I, I definitely, hopefully we, we clinch this week, man. That that would be awesome to clinch in week 11. Like it won't be a, like, I guess a solidified clinch, but we know we we will feel it.
2: Yeah. I, I think honestly, that's a reason to have a lot of optimism headed into this game because the Chiefs aren't, they're not, you know, last time they played in LA, their backs were up against the wall they basically had to win that game to win the division, whereas now they have a little bit of cushion. So, I, you know, I think we get white on white uniforms, which is, you know, like, you know, you're getting the best Chiefs play whenever they wear that versus the red on red, which for some reason this occurs. Sure. And they're going to come out, call the good plays and come out with their hair on fire and, you know, realize that they can really give themselves a commanding lead in the division here. So uh, very excited about like the focus level that we're going to get from the team this week. I, I expect big things.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of like focus level, I know we got some injuries going on. What what's some injury updates that we've we seen come out today? Yeah. So
2: our very own uh, Pete Sweeney for Arrowhead Pride was reporting. It sounds like Juju is still out with uh, in the concussion protocol. Um, hopefully, Andre Cisco is, you know, counting every penny he has to pay for the fines that should come down on Saturday for those. Um, and then McCole Hardman is still dealing with the abdomen issue and is not practicing as well. Um, MVS did return to practice today, so it's looking. You know, it's uh, as we record this, is Thursday afternoon. Uh, pretty good chance that it, there will be no McCole Hardman and no Juju this week. Andrew Wiley did return to practice as well, so it uh, looks like we will have him back at right tackle. But likely going to be uh, Kadarius Tony filling in for McCole Hardman again. Which shout out to us—we called that, and uh, that showed up in a big way this week. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, Juju without Juju, that's going to be a big loss, but. Looking like that's probably what the injury is going injury report is going to look like heading into Sunday night football.
1: So probably a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Justin Watson. I would probably say in 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 that role. So I wonder who they're gonna call up. We thinking Kemp or Powell? Probably Kemp. Is Kemp on the fifty three already? I think no. He he's, a, he's practice squad still because they kept uh, bring okay. him a, last week. I think they activated him two weeks before prior to last week. Last week they didn't bring him up.
3: Yeah, I honestly forgot Marcus Kemp was on the team <laughs> until like a week or two ago, or we could like he ran down on special teams. It's like I made a joke where I was like, I can't wait for these team to sign Marcus Kent back. And I guess they already did. And yeah. I just missed it.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, one thing I think that's really nice about the wide receiver room this year is, you know, we spent all offseason talking about uh, quantity over quality as far as wide receivers go. You have someone every spot that is every spot's kind of too deep. You have your field stretchers. That's like the Justin Watson MVS role mm-hmm. where like, you know, hey, just run the go route, pull the safeties be the vertical threat we saw justin watson do that against jc jackson and the chargers then juju is the zone guy the contested catch person who kind of fills that like travis kelsey sit in the zone and get the middle of the field um we saw when juju left the game one of the few sky Moore sightings that's where it was i feel like sky Moore is probably the juju replacement there okay and and then you know Kadarius tony now that he is here he's very much the mccall hardman guy right so that feels good knowing that there's clear, defined rules. And then, you know, Travis Kelsey, he's going to go out and be Travis Kelsey.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him, man. We'll, we'll, we'll step up. Patrick Mahomes will make. We didn't, we didn't see him win games, I think, it was with, with 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 Brian Pringle, McCole Hardman, and and, and Demarcus uh, Robertson. So, if he can do it with those three guys, he definitely can do it with the, whatever guys line up out there. So, looking forward to it. So, let's get into these keys. Let's get into these keys. Um, Price, let's start with you, man. What's one of your – um your keys for to victory this week. Yeah, well, actually, this
2: piggyback right off real nicely with the uh, wide receiver injuries. This week, I am going to go over the moon if the Chiefs do not run the ball, which feels really weird because I'm very proactive about passing the ball, but there needs to be an indictment here if the Chiefs are not coming into this game planning on running the ball. First off, they had great success running the ball against the Jaguars. I think we learned a lot about Isaiah Pacheco. I think we learned a little bit about Clyde edwards delaire and where he stands as far as the team goes as a whole right now. I do kind of like the notion of we've benched Clyde. He's hungry. Um, you know, maybe this is a game that they give him a few carries, to just to see. But, I mean, just looking at the numbers, the Chargers against the run, they're 7th worst defense against the run in the NFL. They are giving up 5.4 yards per attempt to rushers, which is just .1 behind the Giants for worst in the league. They're 29th in DVOA in rush attempts as well. They've given up. 151 yards against the Jags 213 yards against the Cleveland Browns 213 yards against the Seahawks 201 rushing yards to the Falcons and 157 yards last week to the 49ers guys, the chargers rush defense is awful. They lost two tackles last week. Now, neither of them were very good at stopping the run newsflash, just because they're not good at stopping the run in general. Joey Bosa is still on the IR Jerry Tillery. They waived. If, and, like, we see the Chiefs struggle with these teams that have great safeties that can limit Travis Kelsey. Derwin James is that guy. Kevin Byard was that guy for the Titans. We saw Kelsey in that game as well. If they can force Derwin James to get down in the box and play the run game and make them finally respect the run, that will be a dream come true for this Chiefs passing offense, right? So whether they do it by, um, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, whether they do it through Jerick McKinnon or, you know, benched Clyde coming back with revenge. Maybe, you know, he sees this as his last opportunity. But if they can get Derwin James in the box, I like their odds as far as running the ball. Additionally, the Chiefs, th- I pulled the stat last night. The Chiefs, when they get 100 yards rushing as a team, so not a 100-yard rusher, cumulative. So Patrick Mahomes, Jerick McKinnon, all, you know, whoever runs the ball. They are 36-4 and four overall in the Patrick Mahomes air when they rush the ball for 100 yards or more. I like those odds, right? So, And the thing is about it, too, is that we – and I I get it. I do understand it. It is frustrating sometimes to watch a first-and-ten run go for one yard. But they've got to stay dedicated to it a little bit more this time because I don't think, you know, without Juju, without Hardman, I do think, you know, the secondary of the Chargers is still strong. Derwin James matching up on Travis Kelsey. The, you know, Cleel Mack is still there as far as the pass rusher. I do think that there is a scenario that if the Chiefs are going to try to just throw the ball to win this game, that they might struggle a little bit, that that might not be the easiest thing for them, but if they can make them respect the run game, that opens up everything for the chiefs offense. So run the dang ball this week. That is my, that is my key for the chiefs.
3: Yeah. You brought up a lot of really good points there. I actually, I I agree. So the Brandon is silly defense. though, so it's really well designed to stop like the chiefs passing game with just a lot of zone coverage, a lot of different looks. I, I went through my notes for week two, and they were mixing up their coverages. It's sometimes going to man or whatever. But like you said, like the Staley defense struggles to stop the run unless you have like freak defensive tackles. But the one thing about the, when the Chiefs have played them three times, is they really haven't like ran the ball super well. In 2021, they did run the ball well in week three in the loss. They had 24 carries for 128 yards, which is around 5.3 yards per carry. So that's good. But in week 15 last year, running backs had 14 carries for 44 yards. And then this year in week two, it was 14 carries for 92 yards, which is good. But there was one 52-yard run in between. So it was actually like 13 carries for 40 yards. So while their run defense isn't great, the Chiefs running backs have struggled to find success against this defense. I was kind of going through my notes and looking at some of the plays. Joey Bosa was awesome last time against the run. He had like three or four stops at the line of scrimmage. Yep. Him being out is such a big deal for their run defense. But like you said, Derwin James also had a few runs where like, the Chiefs actually blocked up things well, and then he'd come fly in and turn like a 25-yard gain into a six-yard gain. So from the Chiefs' perspective, I agree with Price. They have to run the ball, but the running backs are also just going to have to play better too. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a double-edged sword where, like, they can stop some of the things in the passing game, but they are going to be bad against a run, but the Chiefs have to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mike- I agree with all that because I see I – see, and, and the thing that I like is if you look at like Pacheco from week one to kind of now, you can see his vision developing. So like early on in the season, it was some holes or some patience that wasn't there to let his blocks develop. That last game, it seemed like that came to a, to a better spot for him where he let the blocks get in front of him, develop, made the right cut, run downhill. I wrote I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago about, like, the Chiefs' run, and they seem to have success when at least one back gets into the double-digit carry thing. So, and so I love the fact of hoping they stick with one, whether that be Clyde Pacheco. I'm hoping it's Pacheco again. I hope they ride that hand just because of the, the passion and, and how hard he runs. And how he's developed. But I think if we can get a running back in the double-digit carries around that 12 mark for w- at least one back, I think we'll be in a good position. But I definitely agree with that, key.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, they're they're kind of telling you what they think of Clyde edwards helaire as far as the snap count goes. Since week four, his snap counts have decreased from 56%, 43%, 42%, 27, 17, and then just 6% of the offensive snaps last week against the Jaguars. They're they're committed to getting Clyde Edwards or Isaiah Pacheco involved in the game, and I I just don't see them reversing course on that. You know, like I almost wondered, do we see a healthy scratch for Rojo? That would be that would that would interest me because I do think some of the things that Pacheco brings, um, Rojo brings as well. Like he's going to hit the hole that's open. He's going to hit it with speed. He's going to hit it aggressively, and then they're not putting Pacheco in there on third down. It's McKinnon and McKinnon only. I mean, we saw that highlight of him blocking two defenders as a pass protector this year that that, that's what he that's what he brings the one thing that i will caution is that mckinnon is their go-to guy when they need a play that's in the backfield and he is injury prone so i do think they have to be careful about his workload
3: one anecdote real quick pacheco only had two carries for six yards in week two i would expect that to go up much more this week
1: For sure. Absolutely. You know, Andy tried to hit us with the coach talk of, you know, is it the game plan change just didn't go that way? That's why Clyde didn't get the carries. It's not. I'm like, yeah, but the numbers, like Pricey said, if you look at the numbers of how he's been since how his numbers come down, I don't think that's a coincidence or just uh, a subtle subtle mishap. Right. So I'm anxious to see it, see what the run game do for Nate. What you got this week? What you think is the key to a Chiefs victory, man?
3: Yeah, so you know, there's been a lot of talk about how like Brandon Staley's defense with the Chargers just really hasn't been good. And that's true. Like they just haven't been good enough against the run. They haven't got enough pressure or anything like that. But the weird thing is they've actually stopped the not stopped, but they have limited the Chiefs in some capacity. In week two this year, the Chiefs were only averaging about four point eight yards per play, around like a forty percent success rate in the first half. So, like they actually do a pretty decent job of limiting what the Chiefs want to do offensively. And I was kind of like, why? Like, what was the main reason? And one thing I kind of noticed when I went through like my article again from Week 2 is like the Chargers send a lot of different like pressure packages where they would send some like simulated pressures, which a simulated pressure is like where a defensive back or a linebacker will blitz while a defensive line will drop. So it's usually like a four-man rush just from different angles. The Chargers don't blitz a ton. They're 14th in blitz rate this year. They're not high in pressure rate. But they did throw the chiefs off i think it was more of like an unscouted look and we know how this week's going to be kind of a kitchen sink game for the chargers they have to win this game so and without joey bosa too i would expect them to send up maybe some more blitzes dial up some crazy pressures because they can't i just don't think they're going to be able to win with four with just khalil Mack and a bunch of replacement level defensive linemen so from the Chiefs' sense it's not you know something you have to change a ton with like how you want a game plan you're just going to have to be kind of locked in on tendencies or things like that. They did a really good job of this last week versus the Jaguars picking up blitzes and different stunts and things like that. So I'm, I have confidence to do it, but as long as that's something they're kind of game planning on and practicing this week, that is going to help. And also not getting to third down will help because that's when the Chargers will send their most pressures. If you can keep them in that second and three, second and four, third and one, they can't do that. So being efficient on early downs will help also just being
1: keyed in on protections. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely definitely agree with that. Price, you guys you want to chime in on that?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, like, looking back at the last game, I think the Khalil Mack is one of the few moves that the Chargers made in the offseason that was a truly good move. I mean, he's still proving to be truly elite this year as far as a pass rusher goes. And the game on Thursday night against the Chargers last uh, earlier in the year, the game was messy. It was messy in the sense of it was early in the year. The offensive line was still getting in – Getting together and working out the kinks, and you know we saw like one of Creed Humphrey's worst games as a center in that game. Um, they, they definitely, they definitely have the Chiefs' offensive line number here. I, I feel like with more time here, I feel like the Chiefs' offense is, especially the offensive line, probably had their best performance of the year last last week against the Jags. Um, I definitely like their ability to to do that. And right, like the Joey Bosa is just the white part of it. Right, like Kim not playing is a major loss for the Chargers. And you like the Chiefs' ability to scheme around one pass rusher. There's no real, no one really on the interior there that scares you. They will bring Derwin James on a blitz. Drew Tranquil, a uh, pre-athletic linebacker, will come off the blitz there as well. I mean, they have some guys that – and I, I do imagine that there will be a couple of plays that they get the Chiefs' offensive line. The question is if they're you know bringing additional pressure, is Mahomes going to be able to carve up the blitz like he has in the past? We've seen teams do that a little bit more here lately. And then additionally – is the Chiefs offensive line going to be able to win in the trenches? You start getting those guys thinking east and west a little bit with Kadarius Tony um, in the motion game and the screen game. And then if you start getting them, the offensive linemen firing off the ball for run blocking instead of those RPOs, which, thank God, they're decreasing their amount of those. I think, again, that all those things are positives so for the Chiefs offensive line. Get them to what they are doing best, which is one of Andy Reid's strengths, is getting players to do the things that they do best.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. I, I really feel like that Andy has scheme up some things nicely this week for it. And he'll have to definitely, you know, with the shortage at wide receiver, he'll probably have to scheme up some different things and get, get deep in his bag. But I think, I mean, can't replace Bosa, right? So him being out for them is huge, and it's huge for us Like it helps us. I think it helps us to be able to run at them because Bosa is so good at the run, and it helps us to be able to do some of the things. And like, like you said, Price, I really feel like, Mahomes versus the blitz, the fact that they're probably going to have to blitz more to create pressure. If Mahomes stays the course like he's been, staying with the, you know, carving up the blitz, I think we'll be in a good spot. But how we handle all of that, because it's going to probably look a little different with our bolts on the end, we'll have to make some adjustments and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think that's definitely a major key is how we block it up. If we can look like we looked last week, we in, we in a good place. So, for me – um. I'll jump into what I think my key for the victory is this week. I think it's tied directly to the Chiefs' secondary, man. Um, I was looking at some notes uh, over the last – well, I think the Chiefs have won like the last three out of the five games against the Chargers, right? Um, The two they lost and then the one that we barely won, thank God for the the Watson interception that that he took back, right, Um, was Mike Williams. Like, with him being back, it looks like he's going to play this week, right? And it looks like Keenan Allen is going to play this week. How does our young secondary match up against these Chargers wide receivers? Um, it, Like, the, one of the games last year, Mike Williams in the win. Seven catches, 122 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Another win, six catches for 108 in, in, in one touchdown. And then I think he had, like, six catches for 100-something yards in the, in the loss earlier this season, right? So, it seems like Mike Williams – Always gets the best of us, right? And it was like a lot of that happened against Rashad Fenton. You know, they, they used to really go at Rashad Fenton a lot. They went at Watson a couple of times last game, but of course that was Watson's first game actually as a starter. He's grown a lot since then. Um Trim McDuffie now will have a game, you know, two games underneath his belt and being back. Sneed had one of um if if any struggle happened last game. Out of the secondary, Snead probably had one of his worst games we've probably seen from him in pass covers last last week. Christian Kirk got the best of him, if if we've been honest, right? So I look to see him bounce back and do some nice things there. But how we stack up, I think this time, you know, with the Watson, with the Williams, with Snead, and with Mideff, we got a little bit more size out there versus what we used to have with Fenton, which kind of plays into our favor. We know Spags is going to send the house sometimes and, and leave our corners back out there. One on one, I'm anxious to really see Tre McDuffie and how he performs against a Mike Williams on on a one on one basis. How, how how he competes there. So I think how we stack up against the receiver because we know Justin Herbert amazing arm talent, but we also know Justin Herbert's gonna throw one up there for grabs, right? Like like he's a, he's an amazing arm talent. He's gonna make. He reminds me so much of a uh, Philip Rivers, right? He's gonna have the great stuff, look great, but he's gonna throw one up there for grabs for us to get. And we just got to make the play when we go get it.
2: Yeah, I think you really hit on the key matchup right there. So when Trent McDuffie was drafted, probably like the reason why he was available there at 21 when the Chiefs moved up to get him was because of the athletic profile, especially his measurables at his arm length. Like he's one of the smallest arm length corners to be drafted right. in the first round in quite some time, which literally kind of went against the Steve Spagnuolo, uh profile for corners. He likes them long and lanky. Um, I wonder if – I think the usage of Trent McDuffie in this game is going to be really interesting. If we see him lining up one-on-one against Mike Williams, I think that will be a matchup that they're going to target because of the size differential. I mean, Mike Williams seems to turn into prime Calvin Johnson against the Chiefs. Like, that's just kind of how it's been. But also, like, I would not mind seeing Joshua Williams line up on Mike Williams and then put McDuffie and just shut down Joshua Palmer, DeAndre Carter, those small receivers, because those guys can get you out of the slot – um, and Herbert has developed a pretty good rapport with them with Williams and Allen being out or put McDuffie on Allen who is a much more technical route runner not as much of a contested catch guy that's you know very much like the Bill Belichick thing like whenever they've had their elite corners they don't put them on Tyree Kill; they put them on Sammy Watkins, shut down that one receiver with that one corner and then double team the guy who uh, is the the main number one target so I think I think that's a, a very good key I think it's going to be really interesting. We're going to see a lot of what the Chiefs think about their secondary in this game because Mike Williams, Trent McDuffie was like a part of the analysis of him coming to the Chiefs when he was drafted at 21.
3: Yeah, and just to address Keenan Allen real quick, he is practicing this week, but I'm I'm not sure Keenan Allen can make it through a game right now. With his age and some of his injury history, I'm I'm not sure what he's going to be able to provide. Can he play more than like 20 snaps or whatever? So it's more about Mike Williams for this game. I have some stats here. So over the last nine games that Mike Williams has played the Chiefs, which is basically ever since his rookie year, he has 65 targets, 42 catches, 677 yards, seven touchdowns. If you put that over the course of a 17-game season, which I still hate saying, that's 123 targets, 79 catches, 1,279 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Yikes. So Mike Williams has owned the Chiefs for the most part. Like in every single one of these games, whether they win or lose Mike Williams, he's making contested catches down the sidelines. I was at that week three game in 2021 and like, he was just bodying people. Like I was in a good spot. I saw him, I think catch both of his touchdowns and he just high points the ball. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't like, he doesn't lose it when he's going to the ground or anything like that. Like his length, his size, his vertical athleticism. It's really hard to stop. Like you mentioned, Maurice Rashad Fenton has really struggled against Mike Williams in the past Him not being, on this team anymore. And now it's McDuffie and Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. I do think that's helpful, especially with Watson and Williams, who are these longer, more athletic right. corners. But yeah, no, it seems like the Chargers love to get Mike Williams involved in these Chiefs games. It's clearly part of their game plan. And it's not going to change this week because they need downfield passing to keep up with the Chiefs. And he's their only guy who can win downfield. So. You know, obviously, you can send some safety help over him, but these cornerbacks are just going to have to hold up better. But what I will say is if you can just one or two plays that Williams usually makes you break up, that's going to kill their offense because they're not a great running team. They really don't have any other weapons. So if you limit that, I think you can limit their offense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Austin Eckler—he'll—he'll he'll get his. I think having the speed of Willie Gay there, you know, kind of helping negate some of that, and, and and see how that go. But yeah, I—I I, I definitely think that that's a matchup to watch, and I think, but I think we come out victorious. So let's talk predictions, right? Let's, let's go into the predictions of what we, who we gonna think, who we think will win, and what we think the score will be. So Nate, let's start with you. What What's your prediction for the game?
3: Yeah, so, look, it's a divisional game, right? I mean, the Raiders game is a good example. Like, the Raiders are a bad football team, but they gave us everything we can handle. And I do think when when you're the Chiefs and you have beat these teams as long as you do, they have extra motivation to get up, have a great game plan, and just play not harder than the Chiefs, but just play at a level that they really can't in any other week. And I think the Chargers are still going to do the same thing. They still have talent on their roster. They still have Justin Herbert. But when this was like an intriguing matchup before the season, it was because their rosters are competitive and the quarterbacks are competitive. This is just not the case anymore without Bosa, without Rashawn Slater at left tackle, without JC Jackson at corner, they just have a lot of injuries. And when you have the coaching advantage, the quarterback advantage and the roster advantage, like the chiefs have, you can have a great game plan and you could play super hard in the end. Those three things are going to win out 90% of football games. So I do think this will be a close game that the Chargers will give us everything we can handle. But in the end, the Chiefs are the better roster. They have the better coaches and the better quarterback. So I think the Chiefs will basically clinch their seventh straight AFC West title and win 30 to 24.
1: Okay. I like it. I like it. Price, what you think, man?
2: Well, I I feel like I'm obligated here to get on my soapbox about Justin Herbert here. Um, I, I don't know how many times I have to see a tweet that says, you know, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, who do you have for the next best quarterback in the NFL? This guy does not deserve to belong in the conversation as Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. At this point, Justin Herbert has won um, nothing, and the next meaningful game that he wins will be the first. The problem with Justin Herbert is this. You're going to get a patented Justin Herbert highlight reel throw that Mina Kimes and Bill Barnwell and like five other people on Twitter are going to tweet out and go, Justin Herbert is an alien. And I agree, when he throws the ball, he looks so good. He looks like a quarterback. He's a lovable character. He came from a, a school with a great JP, GPA. He's, he's a great player, and I'm sure Chargers fans are very happy to have him, as they should be. But the fact of the matter is that Justin Herbert, is he's going to have one of his signature cold streaks. He's going to come out and look good in the first half. And, yeah, he's probably going to high point a ball to Mike Williams. And, yeah, you know, ESPN is probably going to tweet out something about this throw from Josh Allen is an alien throw. But at the end of the day, whenever the game is over, we're going to have a third quarter from Justin Herbert where he goes two for 15 and throws the ball behind the line of scrimmage on third and nine and pumps the ball away. And those are the times that teams crawl back into games. He did it against the 49ers. They were in control of that game at some point and then went ice cold in the second half. Um, I don't know if it's Joe Lombardi that gets him to throw the ball behind line of scrimmage, but those scripted off-schedule plays that Patrick Mahomes makes, Josh Allen makes, that's the separating factor here. And Ultimately, I just don't think that Justin Herbert has the ability to do that. I don't think he has the ability to do that against what is a what I believe a surging Chiefs defense. We're getting Frank Clark back. He's coming off like three weeks of rest. I think the pass rush is going to be better. Their offensive line is down. I think the secondary is the most athletic it's been. The linebacker is the most athletic it's been. The only thing that I see that's could kill the Chiefs. If they cannot control Austin Eckler in this game, then I can see it being a problem because they will run the ball and they will throw the ball to him. But Anthony Hitchens and Dan Sorts and ain't running out there trying to cover Austin Eckler anymore, so I like their chances. I've got the Chiefs 33-28 in this game. I think they control this, the script for this game most of the time. Signature, Justin Herbert fashion, I think that they're down two scores late. He leads a drive to get the game within one score. People try to act like it was ever close when it never really was. Um, so, yeah, we've got the Chiefs white on white. We've got good Andy calling the plays. I like our chances. Seven straight, baby.
1: Yeah, I like I like I, lo- I really love our chances, too. I, I I think the Chiefs will come out and get the job done here. Um, I think we're just better, honestly, at every facet of the game. You know, if we, if we don't miss any kicks th- this week. I, I'll say we're better at every facet of the game so we can hit our extra points and our field goals. Hopefully uh, you know, Harrison get that together for us. But I, I think I think we I think we'll come out and dominate this game, honestly. I think it'll be a fight as every every division opponent is, but I think we'll dominate on every level of this game. I think uh Patrick will have another great game. I'm thinking three touchdowns or more, and probably add a Russian touchdown in there somewhere for one of our backs. I think that happens again. I think Kadarius Tony scores another touchdown this week. I, I I think that happens again. He gets his second one, and I think our defense holds strong. I think we'll, we'll give up we'll give up a few points but I, I don't think it's going to be where where we got to get to 35 or 40 to win this game. So I'm going to say 31-21. I think we win by 10. Um I, I say 31 we'll get you the 30s and we'll probably give up three touchdowns to them and I think kind of like price said, I think one of those touchdowns come late to make it look like it was closer to kind of what it was. And you know, gotta get,
2: the, gotta get that Mina Kimes tweet out. Gotta get <laughs> yeah, it in.
1: They got it. And I and, and I'm 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 right with price on the on the Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert has amazing arm talent. It's one of you know his arm talent is second to none, but he hasn't done anything, in my opinion. He hasn't won anything to be mentioned in the conversation with a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. So so yeah, that's my I say 31-21. Chiefs win it, lock up the division and keep fighting to keep this number one seed in the AFC. Anything else y'all want to add, fellas? No, I
3: think we're good. Um, I'm excited to win seven in a row. That's crazy to say. Um, but I see nothing that's going to prevent seven or eight or nine or ten. Um, what was the LeBron quote in Miami where he was like, not, not five, one, not six, not, two, not, not three. <laughs> not four, that's also yeah. the AFC West right now. I think, you know, why not eight? Why not nine? Why not ten? But first, you got to get seven, and I think we'll be able to do that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I I forget who – someone tweeted out today that was talking about the amount of salary cap that's on IR and the Chargers and Broncos are leading the whole NFL with that and the Chiefs are 32nd. Um, Newsflash, this was supposed to be the reset year for the Chiefs. This was the year that they were supposed to not win the AFC West because of their youth movement. Also, newsflash, young players don't get injured as much as older aging players. You rely on free agents to bolster your roster. You you trade for Mac, you sign a BOSA which they're both hurt all the time, you sign JC Jackson, you sign these older players, same with the Broncos, Randy Gregory, et cetera. They're going to get hurt. This is the risk that you take in free agency. That's why this youth movement is taking hold. And, you know, Nate was alluding to eight, nine, 10. If they're not going to get them now, I I don't know when they are because the Chiefs have more cap space, more picks coming. And um, Brett Beach is showing he's getting pretty good at this drafting thing too. So I think, you know, this is just the coming out party for the second wave of the Mahomes era. It's no longer about Tyreek and Sammy Watkins and Kareem Hunt, but it's it's other guys, it's new names and it's getting him to play with the best defense that he's played with since he's been here.
1: Yeah. I agree with all that. I, I, I think we, I think we're gonna continue on, keep this ship rolling. I always say it all the time. Winning, winning teams that sustain winning is built through the draft, not through free agency. And Brad Reese has mastered that. So, yeah. So keep a look out, y'all. We'll be dropping this. Uh, keep, keep coming back for more of the Kingdom Keys. If you want the keys to the victory, you find it right here at the Kingdom Keys. Till next time, follow us on Twitter, EarlheadPride at Reese Nichols at NateCH32, and at PriceParter on Twitter. Follow us, keep up to date, because we're going to have the keys to the kingdom. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Go Chiefs!